Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation this morning will focus on the new consumer experience theme from the UBS Chief Investment Office. And joining us here on the line for the conversation, glad to welcome back both Michelle Liberty, Thematic Investing Strategist Americas, as well as Reed Gilligan, Equity Strategist Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. So Michelle, Reed, thank you both for dropping by, spending some time with our listeners and clients. And Michelle, to get things started, to set the stage, what types of trends were you seeing prior to the COVID-19 pandemic uh, that helped demonstrate the thesis for this consumer experience theme? Sure. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Good morning. So prior to the pandemic, we had really seen a rise in experience spending as a portion of total discretionary income. So away from things like physical goods. And when we say experience spending, this really means discretionary spending on things like sporting events, uh, eating out, traveling. Uh, and one part of this, too, is that an experience is something that you can share or tell the world about on social media, right? That's, of course, a, a large trend that we're seeing in the digital realm. Uh, and more generally, a trend that we've been seeing for many years was the consumer becoming more and more of a digital native. Uh, we're becoming more accustomed to digital convenience, everything from ordering on our phone to paying with our phone. And this is true for experiences, too. Um, of course, this all changed pretty dramatically when things like travel were shut down. Uh, but we do expect these types of activities to return as consumers get back get back out there again, uh, which we're already seeing in many regions. So, Michelle, as a follow-up, these trends that you shared with us, how were they impacted or even perhaps accelerated as a result of the pandemic? Sure. So, you know, some of the things that I mentioned that we would consider an experience, uh, you know, things like dining and travel, et cetera, uh, that is part of the theme, but it does extend beyond um, just travel, right? It's it's really, uh, that's really just one example of an experience. So there's also focus on new forms of digital entertainment, like video gaming, uh, esports, uh, AR, VR. I'm sure Reed will, uh, you know, dive into some of these topics in just a few minutes here. Um, but we did see an acceleration of digital trends. And on, you know, the other hand, we saw an abrupt halt of, uh, the travel and in-person experiences. But the good news there is we are seeing a revival. Um, if you look at you know, some of the data, like reservations, for example, um, dining out numbers are right around pre-COVID levels again. Uh, we're seeing a pickup in travel as well. So I think one thing that we're all trying to weigh is just how sticky um, some of the digital acceleration will be. Um, and these are trends that we believe are well entrenched, but companies are now facing much you know, tougher growth comparisons relative to that pandemic acceleration. Uh, So I'll pause there and I'll turn it back to to you and Reed. Thank you, Michelle. So Reed, to welcome you into the conversation, this more digitally native world, what are some industries that benefit? Thanks, Dan. So as Michelle alluded to, video gaming, I think, uh, is one of the major beneficiaries of this new digitally native world. And especially over the past few years, we believe video gaming officially broke into the mainstream. Now, we're seeing engagement normalize, these, these intense levels of engagement seen during the pandemic when we spent most of our time inside was simply unsustainable. But if we look at the number of gamers, the time spent gaming, interest in esports, all of these metrics are significantly higher 
than pre-pandemic levels, which is a really good sign on the strength of the industry over the long term. Now, something else we saw within gaming during the pandemic was the use of games to stay social and connected. And Michelle talked about it. Um, it's, it's all about sharing experiences in, in this kind of a holistic consumer experience in the LTI or the, the report that we published. And this is the perfect example. We expect gaming to continue to play a major part in the consumer experience. Now, in tandem with this, we're seeing a shift in strategy where games are becoming platforms. Um, uh, on a simple level, I mean, subscription services, digital downloads, this really increases the monetization opportunity for video gaming. But on a larger scale, we're seeing an evolution beyond just traditional video games that kids may have played as a hobby. We're seeing these virtual concerts within video gaming attracting millions of consumers. Now, looking down the road, this signal makes the metaverse seem more realistic. Um, after spending the majority of the day online, seeing interest in spending time in virtual worlds rise, this kind of sci-fi metaverse concept is now raging through the zeitgeist, and we dive into it in our, in our report. And what we view the metaverse as is a deeply immersive experience of 3D worlds that will connect people, spaces, and assets all enabled by AR and VR or augmented reality and virtual reality technology. So the opportunities in the future metaverse are already attracting interest and investments from consumer brands to create virtual goods, entertainment companies to create virtual experiences, and even the building for virtual real estate. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around this concept, but we do stress in the report that the metaverse is still a long way away. There does remain a high degree of uncertainty about who the really winners will be, but it's certainly an exciting concept we'll follow because of its impact on the consumer experience. Well, Reed, the metaverse sounds quite fascinating, especially the whole concept of virtual real estate. So looking forward to having some follow-up conversations on that, though. As a follow-up, Reed, to your comments just there, are there any opportunities you can highlight for us that perhaps fall in line with the shifting consumer experience? Yeah, Dan. So a major opportunity that we call out is in the advertising space. And specifically, there are a lot of increasing opportunities in the digital advertising realm. So with more people spending more time online um, through e-commerce, as, as Michelle mentioned previously, but also through social media, video, and audio streaming, this opens the opportunity for advertisers to reach consumers. And something that separates digital advertising from kind of the traditional advertising opportunity is its targeting capabilities. So now brands can connect with consumers that are most likely to resonate with their message and their product. So if we just look at social media, we reference community building as a focus of consumers. This is something that's done more and more through social media. If we look at share of users' media consumption, social media continues to increase as a percentage of that, especially for the younger generation. So whether it be keeping in touch with your friends, entertainment, keeping up with the news, the higher social media engagement really provides a key channel for brands to communicate with consumers. We're seeing a super similar trend on the video and audio streaming side. So people are spending more time streaming content. I don't know about you, I'm certainly engrossed with all the shows launching on streaming services. I'm listening to podcasts more than ever. 
Uh, this even includes esports and in, in gaming on the streaming side. So this increased adoption of video and audio streaming really does augment the advertising opportunity. Well, definitely, Reed. I have a fairly long commute, and I typically stream video or a podcast or two during my train travels. But thank you, Reed, for the commentary there. Michelle, as we begin to close out, I know the publication also mentions food delivery as another industry that is seeing growth from shifting consumer preferences. And I know on top of the morning here, Michelle, we've spoken about this topic a few times prior. So do you have any updates for us here? or can you tell us more about this particular opportunity? Sure, it's a good question. And it really goes back to what I said earlier about being digital native. And that means that we're used to convenience. Uh, Ordering food straight to your door on an app is um, certainly one part of that. So food delivery is an area where we do expect uh, high growth annually, not just restaurant delivery, uh, but grocery delivery as well. Um, But In terms of an update, just a couple things to note in the near term uh, regarding food delivery. The first uh, being challenging comparisons uh, from 2020, uh, and the second being regulatory risk. Um, So first, food delivery was definitely one of those beneficiaries um, that we saw during the pandemic. We saw a significant uptick um, in things like grocery delivery and restaurant delivery as consumers were stuck at home and, and restaurants were takeout only. Consumers were trying to uh, avoid going into to a crowded grocery store. And we do think some of that attrition will stick. So consumers that might never have considered uh, grocery delivery before might find that they actually like the convenience. And a couple companies, uh, you know, recently announced, or I guess at the end of last year, uh, you know, their intention to bring people 30 minute grocery delivery, um, which is pretty impressive, right? But in the near term, you know, this acceleration that we saw does set these companies up for some tougher comparison as the consumer again returns to eating out. Uh, and we did already see food delivery app downloads, uh, begin to decline a bit from those elevated levels. But that second point, uh, regulatory headwinds, that is also adding just to you know, some of the near-term uncertainty. So right now, a handful of food delivery companies are actually uh, suing New York City over price caps that were set during the pandemic. Uh, they were extended last August. So these set uh, limitations on the amount that a third-party company could charge restaurants uh, for online delivery services. Uh, and the companies have filed for an injunction here to prevent uh, the continued enforcement of these. But this is also underway, and, and it's really just going to take some time to resolve. So, again, that's just an additional point of near-term uncertainty. I, overall, this is you know, absolutely an area that we are positive on for the longer term. And, again, we do expect that high growth here. Uh, but the near-term picture is just a little bit less clear. Well, some interesting takeaways there. And, of course, more broadly speaking, plenty here within this theme, which we can look forward to following up on on future Top of the Morning Conversations. Though, Michelle Arid, thank you both again for dropping by, spending some time with our listeners, our clients this morning, and uh, looking forward to following up on this theme with you both. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. And again today, we've been joined by Michelle Liberty, thematic and 
Investing Strategist Americas, as well as Reed Gilligan, Equity Strategist Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. As a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. Uh, These resources, of course, can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication which both Michelle and Reed have been making reference to this morning, uh, that being the Longer Term Investments Consumer Experience publication. So for clients of UBS, please be sure to contact your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of that publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.